baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good evening, folks. It's time for your Thursday evening edition of its news to us, our daily podcast, taking a look at the day's top stories. And after a quick day off, I'm back. Um, I'm at Demline. Jeff Stapleton is with me for uh, this evening's podcast. Uh, we'll get right into a top story. Um, it's a General Assembly related story, a state politics related story. Um, and it comes right as we're getting ready to get into election, really, really get into election season, although it's not General Assembly election season. Right. Um, the uh, top Democrats in the General Assembly want the inspector general to take a look at a tourism contract. And this is all because the ad firm that got this contract um, has ties to the governor's uh, campaign for governor last year. And the ad campaign involves the governor overall. He's actually in the ads. So um, they want this taking a, a deeper look at. So they want the inspector general involved. Yeah, it's a potential conflict of interest. And we'll see what happens with this. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, from what I understand, there's already a video out about him at the racetrack. Is that also produced by the I, same company? I, I believe that 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 is part of it. I haven't seen the ads. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I was off yesterday, so I didn't you know, have him fully jumped into the, into the, to the ad portion of the story. Um, but what's, what's going on here is that this company pool house uh, was, you know, a, a major ad player in the, in the governor's campaign last year. And they received this contract, which is about $268,000 um, to promote tourism in the state. And the governor is in these ads. Um now, the issue is, of course, that there wasn't really any other ad companies looked at um, in regards to this campaign. Um, it now, wasn't like a, a competition or like a, a bidding war for this. My understanding is that other other companies found out much later. Okay. Got involved. Now, I will say this. Virginia Public Media is reporting that the Yunkin campaign, um, the Yunkin campaign, the Yunkin administration, yeah. I'm sorry, um, asked for bidding to, to, to be open. So there may not be anything, you know, anything here on the Yunkin administration part. Um, you know, why, why it went to a, a, a single company is another question, you know, how, how that procedure came about, but there, even that may not be illegal. Uh, procurement rules may allow the, the tourism corporation to do that. The question is, I, you know, an investigation will, you know, will will we'll let it know if it's all on the up and up and, and all roles were followed. Um, but it appears, at least according to VPM's reporting, that that the Young administration did ask for open bidding because they were concerned about how how this looked. Of course, all of this comes as well as the governor seemingly is prepping a national run. Um, and so, you know, obviously, if he's appearing in ads. That this, this would get more name. eyes from out people out of state. Yeah, you know, you know, as the governor is is appearing in ads for tourism, right? You know, and, and getting getting you know 
publicity that the state is paying for. You know, I mean, let's be honest, this this occurs in some sense where, where, you know, people sort of run on the taxpayer dime, but it's all legal. There are benefits to being in office, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but, you know, the the Senate Majority Leader Dick Saslaw and House Minority Leader Don Scott want this, a deeper look uh, taken at this. And, and, And it'll be interesting to see if the Inspector General decides to go along. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's still yet to be seen whether whether he will. So. Right. You know, and this is the most I, this is the most we've heard about the inspector general since the uh, parole board. So it's, <laughs> which wasn't that long ago, really. which wasn't that long ago. But, you know, <laughs> you know, I didn't even realize that position existed until around the parole board hearing. And now we hear about him a lot more often than. <laughs> yeah, right. So, OK, moving on from, from that story. And again, let's let's be clear. According to the VPM reporting, the Yunkin administration asked for open bidding. We're not we're not suggesting any wrongdoing at this point no, on, on, on anyone's part. It's still a very kind of we're feeling out the details of the story. too. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We're not going to we're not going to allege anything. Um, we're just, you know, obviously there's a lot of reporting out there. And, you know, again, the Democrats are asking for an investigation. Yeah. So now moving on to to the next story, we, we uh, big story we had. Um, and this is a, a sort of continuing story. We've heard this a couple of times this week. Um, there's getting to be growing concern about the flu season uh, coming up. A lot of concern about it. Um, apparently, Australia had a really bad year with the flu. And of course, they're just coming out of winter. Right. As much to say, this is, you know, they're just coming out of it now. So yeah. coming, coming out of winter. And uh, so there's concern that this will happen here as well. Australia is usually a good uh, harbinger for what, you know, the the northern hemisphere will see when it comes to the flu. Um, and um, so they're encouraging people to get flu shots, um, obviously, um, you know, and because the last couple of years were, were um, limited in regards to the flu because people were wearing masks and not, you know, congregating as much. There's concern that, you know, immunity is down, natural, even natural immunity is down. Right. And, it, you know, it's it, the last two flu seasons have just been odd in the fact that we can't really get a good grip of, of how good they were because of the, the reasons you just mentioned. So I, I don't know if that makes us more susceptible to getting sick yeah. uh, because maybe we haven't had the exposure to, uh, you know, the the germs or as many germs as before so yeah there is concern that uh you know if you don't if you normally don't have a flu shot there's you know i guess heightened concern you could get more sick this year you know it, it the the strains of flu just like the strains of covid from here on out every year yeah who knows what strains of flu are going to be uh yeah, some years right. may, may be worse than others. And, and there's also, a, you know, there's also a concern of whether or not the vaccine matches the strain that is going around. So there's that, too. Exactly. And speaking of strains and COVID and vaccines in the whole nine yards, they uh, the Richmond and Rico Health District did say that demand for the boosters are are down. But they're not surprised about about that, because normally when a new booster or a new um, formulation comes out, Basically, everyone who wants it gets it immediately, and then there is a big drop off. So. Right, right, and there could be a factor of, and let's be honest, since we're we're still in a pandemic, but I mean, we're just we've been at the height of let's get all these shots for the pandemic. Some people are vaccine weary, yeah, and you know it's like, huh, got to get another shot. Okay, whatever, you know, yeah. But I mean, for some people, and you're right. I mean, people who wanted to get the bivalent booster have gotten it. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are very, very few people like me who are just waiting for a convenient time to actually get the, <laughs> get the booster. Um, it's not that I don't want it. I just need to find yeah. a time where it works within my schedule. Yeah. I think most people, if they wanted it, they got it. Um, I just need, I need to find the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's, you know, I'm unusual that, you know, but that, that has nothing. But we already knew that. You know, we don't need to, that has nothing to do with the next thing. <laughs> talk. Um, <laughs> Moving on. I, and you know what? I kind of forgot this. This was uh, coming up. And you know what? Honestly, this is where the person who used to sit in my seat would remember this because she always went every year um, and still still probably is going this year. Yeah. Um, the Richmond Folk Festival is coming up. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we didn't actually talk to the organizers of the Folk Festival. We talked to the police department as far as what roads are closed. And there's a lot of roads closed around there. But it's interesting to note uh, that the Folk Festival is coming because they were here uh, last year. The Folk Festival did go on last year. There were some uh, restrictions, I think, to it. Two years ago, it was all virtual because it was 2020 and we were still, nobody had any shots yet. But this year, I think they're back full force. Uh, this is around Browns Island. Um, and the interesting thing about this is uh, there's a lot of roads around Browns Island. They're going to be closed for starting at four o'clock Friday afternoon and going all the way until like midnight on Sunday night. We're talking Sunday night into Monday morning. So that's like 50 plus hours that the roads are closed. And the reason that they have to be closed, even if the festival isn't going overnight, is because that's the prime area where, you know, exhibitors are set up and, uh, they need that, you know, space to, to set up their stuff so that you can't park there overnight. So it's like 50 plus hours that certain roads are closed where no parking is. That's basically, if you're, if you're going down that hill, going down toward the river, uh, there, it basically, you got second, third, fourth, and fifth, uh, south between the Lee bridge and bird street. If you're talking about second street, and then 3rd Street between Canal and Bird, as well as 4th Street between Canal and Bird, and South 5th Street between Canal and Tredegar. And uh, the ones that, you know, the Tredegar, which goes parallel to the river, of course, that's uh, between uh, 7th Street and the Belle Isle lot. If you know that little yeah. uh, parking lot where people park to go to uh, Belle Isle, then that uh, that stretch of Tredegar is closed. And basically, if you have... Uh, if you just picture in your mind the areas around as you go down that hill toward the river, those are <laughs> places you shouldn't park between uh, Friday afternoon and, and late Sunday night. So uh, if you want to know or good places where you would you should park and advice, then yeah, I think it's richmondfolkfestival.org or something like that. Uh, those are, you know, those are good places to uh, go and you know, ride sharing is what the you know police also said is a is a good way to to get there without worrying about places where you can't park. By the way, I'm about to show our listeners that we do no prep, okay, mm-hmm. and and that uh, you know I just come up with questions off the top of my head. Didn't yeah. the folk festival used to be at Maymont? Didn't they used to do it out there? I vaguely I don't that. remember that being the case. I could be wrong, but I know they started like in the mid 2000s, and it was like. Uh, Richmond was on like a two or three year yeah. prep for like, let's see if you can 
you know, be a good market for hosting a festival like this. And it turned out that they could. And from all, you know, all I can remember, it's always been Browns Island, but I could be wrong. No. And you know what? I'm, I, I, I could be wrong too. I don't know why I remember Maymont for some reason. Yeah. I think it's always been Browns Island. Um, I think, the one you're thinking about, the one that Deanna went to, this is way off topic, is the Jazz Festival. Oh, yeah. at Maymont. yes, yes. And you know what? It's funny because I looked up Richmond Folk Festival, Maymont, and it gave me the Jazz Festival. And that's the one, Deanna, which is the person who used to sit yeah. in the chair that Matt's did. She always went to the Jazz Festival. I'm not sure about the Folk Festival, but she's a music lover, so maybe. Yeah. So, so, so actually I may have made two errors in this. In <laughs> That's this quite all right. Hey, it, it happens. It happens. You know, you at, take, least, at least we're upfront about it. Um, yes. Yes. But, and, uh, and at least it wasn't crucial fact errors. Um, you know, but, uh, I'd been to the folk festival once before. I love, you know, I love music as you know, but I'm not a big, you know, big crowd and big concert guy. Yeah. Which is odd for a music lover. I, I generally like to listen to music without having to deal with all sorts of people um, and in a big concert setting. But the time I did go to the, the folk festival, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. And I, you know, the beautiful weather's this weekend. I mean, it's going to be a little bit cooler yeah. than we're yeah. experiencing now, but it's just going to be gorgeous this weekend. It's yeah. a great time to go to the folk festival. It's not, not the hurricane we had last weekend. No, no. I'm glad that it wasn't last weekend. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so so just be aware that's coming to town this weekend. Something to yeah. do. It's at Browns Island, not at Maymont. Not at Maymont. Maymont's Jazz Festival. Maymont's Jazz Festival. <laughs> um, so it, you know, um, and just be aware that it's going to be tough to park in in the general area of, of Browns yeah. Island. So right, and um, you know, plan ahead if you're going. You know, go to the Folk Festival website. Try to figure out a good place to park. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember where we parked when we went, but my wife and I had a good time at the Folk Festival when we went. It was a good time. Exactly. So, and a final story that we covered uh, today, this actually occurred overnight and that's why we're, we're, you know, discussing it last. There was apparently another shooting along I-95. Um, again, I, I want to say there's been at least three this year. There were three that I could find evidence of this year, yeah. two of which actually occurred in the Woods Edge Road area. Weird. Um, yeah. And then, then one in the city. Um, person was wounded. Um, Non-life-threatening injuries. Um, there's the what he's told troopers was that he passed a silver car and was shot at, and then the car sped off. They didn't have any other details. It was a 31-year-old man that was shot. Again, non-life-threatening injuries. But mm. there's been a weird number of interstate shootings. I want to say over the last two and a half years, where just the, the you know there, there's been incidents where people are shooting at each other while driving on the interstate, and we don't know in any of these cases or if all of these cases there was some sort of like like aggressive driving between yeah. the two that happened, something that instigated yeah. someone to to shoot rather than just well, I think I'm going to shoot at this car because it's passing me. I don't know if it's if it's that case in all of the cases. There could have been some underlying issues that led to the shooting we don't know but yeah it's very frightening what's been going on this year yeah yeah and, and i don't want to say even last year i want to say there was a you know a couple early last year too and it was not only just 95 but like there was some on 64 and it's just yeah. weird weird incidents but yeah. uh state police are investigating and and, we'll and, and, and from what i on. understand right after the uh person in the car allegedly shot at the the driver that you know that had it said bullet holes around the driver's side that's what 
the report was from state police and uh, the driver just sped off. It just sped off north on 95. So, yeah, uh, there was no chance to get a license plate number or anything like that from what I well, And that's that's part of the issue, too, is these happen at night and, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and yeah, there's cameras in the general area, but they need to be nearby. And can you read? Right. And, you know, VDOT awesome. cameras aren't everywhere. I mean, they, they, who knows if there's one even in that area or not. But um, yeah, it's yeah, this happened like right before two in the morning. So, yeah, so, very yeah. few people on the interstate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So but anyways, that has been basically all that we have for you today. Um, you know, and we'll keep an eye on stuff for, for tomorrow as well. See if this uh this uh, tourism corporation story, you know, picks up anything else um, in addition. And obviously just, uh, you know, get into Friday and start looking towards the weekend. So we'll see, we'll see how we go from there. So this has been the Thursday evening edition of it's news to us. Again, I'm Matt Demline. He's Jeff Stapleton. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen. We have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.